0: This series is produced by the folks at Vic Health, Victoria's health promotion agency. You know, where you've been through something and therefore um, change as a person, actually grow as a person and have this new wisdom to navigate mm. the rest of your life. And I think that with life transitions, that's something that we can use to actually learn something new about ourselves.
1: Hello and a big welcome to In Good Health. I'm your host, Dr Sandro. I'm a medical doctor, public health expert and foodie. Today, it's my real pleasure to welcome back our special guest, Dr Michelle Lim. Dr Lim is a senior lecturer in clinical psychology and leads the Social Health and Wellbeing Laboratory at Swinburne University of Technology. She's also the Chief Scientific Advisor for Ending Loneliness Together, a national Australian network made up of universities and industry partners. In this episode, we'll be chatting to Michelle about life transitions and how we can learn to react to these changes in ways that help us thrive. When we talk about life, major life transitions, what are we generally talking about?
0: So we're talking about a phase in someone's life where they might uh, be going through a critical change, mm. so things like finding new work, leaving school, um, perhaps being a new parent, or perhaps um, even losing a loved one—you mm. uh, know—that could be a even a negative uh, life transition for someone. Or moving away from the community—that's um, again a very typical one that most of us would have actually experienced.
1: And how do these major life transitions impact on our mental or physical health?
0: I think for most people, even when those positive. Uh, even if it's a positive life transition, like being a new parent, mm. it can actually put us in a, a, a I guess, a, a period where we're testing um, our ability to handle th- these changes, and that could actually be stressful. So, life events itself, um, even if it's uh, moving to a new country and starting an awesome job, that in itself is a stressful event a positive event, but very stressful. So it really kind of gives people an opportunity to kind of adjust and actually to learn something about themselves that they may not otherwise uh, learned without that transition. Um, often, many people will experience that spike of stress, but then actually learn to actually navigate and uh, manage their new emotions and, um, you know, with... Uh, you know this familiarity that starts to set in you know that their stress level might actually go down which is a really a positive thing for them as they're tr- making that transition
1: in what ways might uh, these life transitions affect our health like what 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 do you see as a as a clinician or what might you expect to feel as an individual
0: so for many people um, when they're going through this life transition is there uncertainty there's actually a concept that we call um It's called intolerance for uncertainty and actually drives anxiety. And it's where when we need to know, you know, and uh, often, you know, we're very poor at actually um, what we call delayed gratification. We need to know for certainty, you know, we need to know that um, these things are going to happen. Mm. And when we don't know, it actually drives our anxiety. And with new life transitions, it's really that period of not knowing. Exactly. And that can really um, increase our stress, which, as you would know, you know, that can have, have kind of you know, poor physical and mental health outcomes, like poor sleep, mm. um, not taking care of oneself. Um, Changing appetite. Exactly, yep. and uh, poor mental health and, and inability to manage one's emotions as well. So you mm. might not be able to regulate your emotions as well because of these stress levels.
1: And so what you might, you might find yourself being less patient, more short with those around you, affecting your sleep, affecting what you like, um, maybe your relationships...
0: Yeah, that's right. And so, when some for some people, it's learning to actually manage multiple emotions at the same time. And sometimes these emotions can be both positive and negative. So you can feel really excited, mm. but really anxious at the same time. You yeah. know, so they, they, just because you're feeling good doesn't mean you can't have those negative feelings as well.
1: Yeah, and I think that's important to understand. So if you're if you're becoming a new parent, or you're moving to an into a new house, or starting a new relationship. Uh, just because you feel anxious or worried, that's not necessarily a sign that something's wrong or that it's not the right decision.
0: Yeah, that's right. And I think often these um, changes uh, poses a challenge, especially if you haven't been through it before. It poses a new challenge because you don't actually, you haven't actually s- seen yourself or, or experienced how you to navigate that. So you're really mm. just trying to pivot and, and navigate that kind of, you know, uncharted territory, if you want to kind of put it that way. And the more we do these things, the better um, and uh, I'll give an example, uh, you know, I have a, a a young person that I see that, you know, she's a fantastic uh, fur parent, as we call her, she has two, two beautiful dogs. And <laughs> um, she just recently got the second puppy and she was, you know, she's like, Oh, you know what, I I know how to do this. I've done it before it's mm-hmm. all good but she's she also happens to be um upcoming new parent yeah. <laughs> and that completely terrifies her of a non-fur baby of a non-fur baby okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that was you know that was that's huge for her because yeah. she has not been in that phase you know mm. and it's a a a, a typical example of just the fact that she hasn't because only because she hasn't been through it that actually her anxiety goes up and while she knows that she will enjoy new parenthood it also comes with a lot of anxiety so Mm. you have this positive event that causes us a lot of stress um and, and anxiety because she just has never been through this um, major life event, as, as we will all admit, um, but also just not seeing herself navigate this before. Mm. And and that's why, you know, a lot of young parents might kind of feel a little bit anxious or depressed or, you know, uncertain, you know, in the, in the first few years of parenting because it's something they haven't done before.
1: And I imagine these periods of change must be incredible kind of growth or, you know, they're periods where we're learning so much about ourselves. So they might... Mu- Are there some silver linings, some positives to enduring or, or, you know, these change periods?
0: You know, I'm a really strong believer in, in how stress and sometimes trauma can actually lead to development, mm. you know, that, uh, that's, that's the term that, you know, psychologists often use is post-traumatic um, st- growth. Um, and I'll give you a little example of, of my life transition where mm. I, when I moved to the US, it was a very challenging experience for me because I moved not knowing anyone and kind of plopped myself in the Midwest of the US <laughs> um, and having to make new friends from from the start. And was, I miss Melbourne so terribly. I was mm. so homesick. I was, I was thinking about my friendships in Melbourne and how much I miss home and it was six months before I could feel like I was part in part of the St. Louis community and, and very recently I was speaking to a fellow American and I said to her well, we have the Cardinals and we have Budweiser and she's just like, why are you using the word we? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's really odd that I'm using the word we because it's, mm. you know, before when I moved there, it was, I felt like I missed Melbourne. I, uh, it was really stressful, and I left all my friends and my friendship groups. And then I have to navigate to, to make new ones and new friendships over there, which I did. Um, but then my identity changed, mm. and now I'm using the collective word we. Interestingly, ten years mm-hmm. down the to line. talk about Saint Louis. <laughs> yes, exactly. It, but you know that that stressful life event, uh, or even though it's positive, you know, moving for a new job and a really exciting college, um, challenged me. It was mm-hmm. very uh, a stressful period for for six months. I would say I was very very lonely, um, and learning to navigate a whole new way of working in America a new new work culture and navigating friendships. But then, you know, at the end, realising I've learned something about myself, mm. um, learned something that of how much I can actually cope, but also navigate and also recover and also then identify with a particular, you know, place. Mm.
1: That's interesting. It really resonates with me as well of, of moving overseas and moving country four or five times in 10 years and moving to new cities and that feeling of, you know, trying to get through, at the time it seems really difficult and they are really lonely periods and you kind of think, God, what have I done? Um, but there are definitely times now in my life, uh, you know, professional life or personal life where I can see that those experiences have made it easier. They kind of give you a bit of a thicker skin or, I mean, it sounds cliche but kind of, you know, to a degree I suppose, whatever, make you know, whatever is tough makes you that little bit stronger but how how do you what advice have you got because you know it's often a fine line between making you stronger and maybe breaking you or or having a really you know serious impact on your psychological health I mean what what advice have you got for people going through major transitions maybe even multiple transitions in terms of taking care of themselves you know seeing the seeing the silver linings but protecting themselves from those those harder elements?
0: It's a very good question. And I think the biggest thing that we know that can buffer the stresses is actually good social support. Mm. You know, and I think that um, whilst, for example, I was living really far away from from my friendship group, you know, it was so critical for me to still get that social support in, um, Mm. but also then build new support. So having kind of systems where I could talk to people about different things Mm. and, you know, and, and, and feeling meaningfully connected mm. um, and I have to say that I did put in a lot of effort and it was w- it was well worth it but it was for me feeling that stress and and that you know that shakiness was again um, it, it was almost a signal that I was learning something mm-hmm. um, but I was able to cope and I, I think that most people are often afraid of asking for help this is one of the things that we you know as psychologists you know often advocate is that we we often ask for help too late. Mm. You know, perhaps let's ask for help before we start feeling really shaky. Perhaps when we just kind of feel a little bit like things are not right or maybe should I kind of preemptively kind of ensure that I have the supports that I need. We don't do things in a preventative way. We often kind of deal deal with it only when we're feeling really acutely distressed. Um, And I think we really need to learn better to take care of our health but preemptively do these things to actually support ourselves if we know we're going through those um, critical life transitions at some point.
1: We all have times in our lives where we find ourselves going through major life transitions, whether it's moving house, getting married, or maybe starting a job. Regardless of the type of transition you're facing, you're likely to experience a wide range of emotions, such as anxiety, fear, and perhaps excitement and joy. For many people going through tough life transitions, they can tend to feel overwhelmed, not knowing where to turn to for help. So how can we move through these life transitions more successfully? Dr. Lim is here to help us answer these very questions. Yeah, I think there is still such a sense of shame with asking for help. And um, particularly when I think combined with going through a period, a transition that is meant to be, or that, you know, that you could think, well, this is meant to be an exciting thing. This is, you know, this is meant to be a good thing. You know, and if I if I go and ask for help, it's going to seem somehow ungrateful or um, as though I'm complaining about the situation. But, you know, being comfortable and confident to to reach out and that can come in lots of different forms. When you say reach out for help, it's not necessarily to a professional like yourself. I mean, it could be to a friend or to a family member. Tell me more about, you know, practical ways that people can reach out early on.
0: Yeah. Look, I think that's a that's a really good um, point. Is that it, you don't always have to reach out to a professional. Some people generally prefer that because they like that the fact that you know no one knows that they need help. Mm-hmm. But for most people, I would say the majority of us will always reach out to a confidant, and you can have multiple confidants for different things. To actually, even just kind of th- you know snowball ideas, or what if I don't cope very well with this, like what's a plan B, you know, kind of talking about those things ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Um, Or being able to be comfortable to to say I need help uh, without feeling um, judged, you know, it's really important. So um, it's selecting the right confidant, um, understanding what they can a confidant, you. just to be clear, is mm-hmm. a fancy
1: word for a friend, is it? Or <laughs> it could be. <laughs> sounds it, very, sounds very sort of yeah. saucy, almost. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it could be a friend. It could be a family member. Yep. Okay. Know, it could be a partner, someone you trust. Someone you trust, exactly. Yeah. And we know that having multiple people you trust um, will will kind of put us in a better, uh, protective and mm. um, preventative space. If uh, you know, for um, to prevent um, stresses.
1: And is so it worth reaching out in advance? Sort of letting people know that a difficult life transition is coming up so that they, they are aware and, and maybe better able to support you.
0: Yeah look I, I always advocate that and but people do have some worries about doing that ahead of time because they, mm. they don't want to seem like they're a burden mm. you know and often I think that you know this um, perception that someone might view you differently. Uh, or n- more negatively, is, is the stuff that actually stops people from asking them for, for help. So, a lot of this education around seeking help early is not even just to the person that's seeking the help, but the people around the person. Mm. You know, and how do we react, and what can we do to help, and ask, and also just supporting the person um, by not judging them and, and telling people, you know, if someone comes to you for help, you know, you th- know the best kind of response is, you know, I'm here for you. Mm. Uh, I'm not. I'm listening. Not, yeah, exactly. I'm listening. Uh, they don't want you to solve their problems. Mm. It's just, you know, being there and just being a listening ear. What can I do to help? You know, if just me just sitting here and just listening to you is helpful, I'm here for you.
1: And I suppose also if you're, if you're a friend and you see someone who – or a loved one or a family member who's coming up to a major life transition – You know, maybe also reaching out and saying, "Hey, I've been through that," or, you know, I see you, and this is a tough time. Don't feel worried about having a catch-up or a chat. Um, When I was when when I moved to uh, Norway and it was cold and dark, um, I definitely resonates of staying connected. I used to have um, a call actually with my family every morning on my way to work Uh, because it was pretty much the only interaction with people I didn't work with. Um, But I also found having routine and then also having things that were connections back, like visiting friends regularly in other countries, making sure that I had things in the diary that I could kind of um, look forward to that I knew were going to be a source of connection and and recharging. Those were really helpful for me and Mm -hmm. and a sense of routine. Mm -hmm. I mean, what what other things can people do if they do have a major transition period moving from school to work or, um, I mean, parenting is a pretty complicated one, but what, what, are some th- what are some things that we can do in preparation leading up to major life transitions maybe to, you know, prepare ourselves?
0: I, I like that you have a fantastic coping, list, coping strategies list here. Um, and I would say to the person, listen, what worked before would more likely work you know, at your next challenge. So if, if it's, um, reaching out to a particular group of people that really works for you, or even for some people it would be like, you know what, just exercising and, and mm. being out with other people works for me. Or
1: certain hobbies, things exactly. that bring you pleasure.
0: Yeah. Things mm. that you know would have worked in the past mm. to try to continue those again. And if things do need to tweak and change, um, anticipate that they are going to, uh, mm. tweak and change. And sometimes, you know, expressing your concerns beforehand to, you know, say a friend, say, oh, you know, I'm really worried that I might not be able to cope. What should I do? Mm. Having someone kind of snowball a couple ideas with you and kind of, you know, assist you. And if, if you're kind of in trouble down the line, I'll uh, be able to activate that coping, mm. um, you know, skill and or, or that, that person that, uh, that you trust to actually go to them and um, have a chat. Mm. So that's kind of, not new It's something that you can just activate. So I often say to people, okay, what worked in the past? Let's put a list of strategies down. You know, let's let's do a list of twelve or ten. You know, and if sometimes this doesn't work, that's fine. Move on to the next one. Mm. You know, and and it's obviously obviously as you would know, quite nuanced and individual. Mm. Um,
1: what, what, what what might some of those look like though for for people?
0: So for some people, uh, would be very. Common would be speaking to mum and dad, but mm. there are pe- there are young people who don't have that source of support. Um, but lots of young people, for example, would be very close to their parents and be able. To, that would be their first port of call.
1: Mm.
0: And there are people who um, might go with a, to, with a trusted friend, mm. you know. So those kinds of supports to ensure that um, those relationships are stable. But having more than one um, is really important. Mm. Not just don't just have one person that you you rely on. For everything, mm. it's really impor- important that we diversify our social supports, um, but also other things that are not related to social uh, support would be exercising. That makes up, you know, it really relieves a lot of stress for some people. Um, a lot of people are very reliant on on kind of more cardiovascular exercise. Meditation um, is the the other thing that people are quite reliant on. Mm. You know, learning some of these skills. It's almost these. Um, what I call tools in your toolbox Mm. you know it's like let's have a variety because not all of them are going to work for that circumstance so what is it that's going to be most helpful for you
1: Mm. and I think uh, you know one of the things um, I always recommended to people as well particularly in times of uncertainty whether it's life transition or otherwise and over COVID we've seen a lot of uncertainty is you know try and control what you can and then you know the things you can't like a change in city or a change in job, you know, have the things in your life that you – that's what you're saying, is kind of the parts that you can control, your favourite hobbies, your favourite people, mm. you know, your favourite foods, the things that are familiar, take those with you, enjoy those, have them around you through that transition, uh, and and that may help to kind of buffer some of the uncertainty and change that is occurring.
0: Yeah, I think that's a that's term that psychologists often use, is this productive – worry and unproductive worry then sometimes we get hung up on things that we cannot change mm. and that actually makes us more anxious and more depressed and and you know actually lowers our coping um, skills so i think it's really important for us to um, try to focus only on the things that we can change mm. uh, and and that we feel like those steps actually do make a difference quick pause here to tell you about something exciting happening at VicHealth. On Tuesday 26th of October we launched the Big Connect, our first major investment as part of Future Healthy. We know that the mental well-being of young people has taken a hit and so we're going to create more than 100,000 new social connections for young people right across Victoria. We're calling for organisations to help us go big. We have up to $5 million in funding and up to $250,000 per project. So if you or someone you know is doing amazing work or has a great idea to improve the social connection of young people across Victoria, apply now. Applications close on Tuesday 7th of December. Head over to vichealth.vic.gov.au forward slash big connect to learn more.
1: I've got some questions from our listeners. Um, question from Dania. I feel like I'm going through many life transitions at, this t- at the same time, something I think we can all sympathise with. And I don't know how to deal with them. With with all of them, what's one thing that I should you know start with?
0: So there's many things. There are many things that Daniel can do. So I think one thing is to uh, just revisit what has worked in the past for her to buffer some of the stresses that she's experienced before. Multiple life transitions can be very difficult to battle. Mm. So it might be that she actually has to revise the list of things that worked before and they may not work again, but it's really important for us to kind of think about what would now work. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's something that she needs um, someone else to assist her with, so someone that she trusts, it might be someone in her network that she already knows or perhaps even a professional to actually help sit so that she can reset herself um, and actually think about and reflect what would work in this particular Situation because it sounds really challenging when you have kind of multiple life transitions going on. Um, there are things that would have worked in the past for her, like coping strategies like seeking social support or exercise or meditation or even distracting kind of activities that may have worked for her. Um, are those things actually going to work this time? Mm. And, and sometimes it's about trialing it and actually seeing whether it does actually relieve her stress levels and um, her ability to actually cope with, with the ongoing transitions that she has.
1: Mm. This question is from Christine. My best friend's parents are currently in the middle of a divorce and she's finding it really upsetting. Is there anything in particular that I can do to support her through this time?
0: Yep. So with Christine, I think it's really important for you to just be there for your friend. Um, You don't necessarily have to offer any kind of advice because it's very hard as a third party kind of watching Mm. and looking in. And your friend might be feeling rejected and and, and overlooked um, in this whole process of a very critical uh, and, and stressful life transition uh, for her family, just being there and being open and not judging her and just you know, letting her know that you're here just to listen to her is really critical, um, and that's something that I, I, I'm sure she would
1: appreciate. Thanks for listening to the In Good Health podcast. To find out more about the work that we do, head over to our website, vichealth.vic.gov.au. Oh, and make sure you check us out on social media under at VicHealth.